Ooh. Are you sick now? No, no, no. Unless you mean cool. <laughs> Which I do. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was the share. <laughs> every time. I just I always think time. these different trousers are gonna have a different effect and I always like just. You got some new trousers on today. Got some cords. Oh, oh a couple of cords in the room. I'm wearing cords. Mm. We're coordinated. <laughs> I heard that. That was not the bunker. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> was that was that from the mouth or the bum? Oh, from the mouth. I wouldn't do bum. Not I mean, yet. I would. Not, I would. <laughs> but and I will. <laughs> and I have. <laughs> oh, no. Squeaks. It's going to be a good one. A is for anything. B for baby blue. C is classy, clams and clogs. D for doggy doos. T is easy. F for flange. G for gammon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Jerry. K is kooky. L for lads. Lager ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for mummy. M for knock knock. Who's there? Who? 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 So um, I'm going to crack off. Crack off. Does that mean <laughs> you're a little body burp? <laughs> oh, I hate body burp so much. Body burp and is in the bin. That is the worst of all it's, of them. It's, with, it's alongside front bottom for me. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, body burp. Sorry, but I think crack off is now probably my <laughs> least favourite of those. I'm going to crack off. <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't mean I was going to <laughs> release gas. I meant to say I'm going to crack on with yeah. my topic, yeah. which, if you'll let me finish, is instant messaging. Ooh. But I Ooh. wanted to preface that by mm. saying to our listeners, of whom there are many... Um, that I do have a cold, and thanks for the concern. I am drinking a lemon sip. Mm, so she is. She is. Just before we got into the booth and cracked off, I uh, <laughs> I noticed that both of you were firing off instant messages at the speed of light. So I think you can both agree it's something that we all do a lot of. Yes. Um, instant messaging apps are the most widely used apps on smartphones today. There are 1.3 billion monthly users of Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, which I think, I mean, they're both owned by Facebook or now Meta, aren't they? So yeah. it's kind of one thing. There are 980 million monthly users of WeChat, which is the the one that's mostly used in China. Oh, okay. Um, the average American, I sadly couldn't find Brit stats for this, but average American checks their phone 260 times a day, wow. which is up from 80 times in 2016. Whoa. So something is in the water. While I was doing this research, I was conscious of how many times I picked up my phone to look at it because I I generally turn off all push notifications because I think that makes me better at not looking at my phone. But it doesn't. It just means instead of being alerted to receiving something, I'm just picking my phone up a lot to be like, have I got something? Which generally I haven't, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yes, I, I, I definitely... Like I can feel how much more I check my phone if I'm like bored. I know that sounds like really basic, but if sometimes I'll be at home or working, <laughs> and I'm like I literally have to be like, oh my god, I'm gonna put my phone in another room because it's just so, such a welcome and easy distraction. Mm. Um, mm. Plus now WhatsApp desktop, my word. I know that's the real kicker. Oh, I it? didn't even know about that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, on phones alone, so that doesn't include the use of WhatsApp on a desktop computer. The average person spends three hours and 19 minutes on their phone every day. Now, I feel disgraced by myself because I looked at my average screen time. For this week, it was three hours and 33, which means I was above the average. I reckon I'm probably more than that. Did you not check? I did ask uh, you yeah, to. But I'm I, sorry, uh, I did ask. But I, I, don't, I didn't have it turned on, so it doesn't, I don't have any average data. Excuses, excuses. Oh. Sorry. God. This week I'm on three. It was three hours. That's and last good. week was on two. Nice. Or, like, or like two and something. Yep, I will say I was two, two hours 20. 40 last week, which is still repulsive, but... Oh, 
So this week, obviously, I've been very but hyperactive. Also, this week it has time to go down again. I wonder if at weekends and stuff, maybe you check it less because you're That's out. A, that is true. People so. people check their phone less on weekends. Ah, well, there you bloody go. And also, so your average will go down by the end of the week and it'll probably go back down to if your general average is about two, mm. two hours or whatever, two hours 40 or something. But still, the fact that a three-day average can be three hours 33 is depressing. I have an average, apparently, which is two hours 36. Oh, so now you have an average. Hang on a minute. <laughs> you just chime in. But that must be only from today. What time did you pop that on as well, though? Uh, whenever Gina asked the question. Which so was what? Lunchtime? I think it was about Is it lunchtime? Lunchtime's yeah. about four o'clock, isn't it? So... <laughs> <laughs> I reckon mine will be quite large. Although, yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Big one. My penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going to run you through history briefly. Believe it or not... Although we associate instant messaging with the internet era, kind of 90s, early 2000s, instant messaging predates the internet. The first example of some iteration of instant messaging was in 1961 on the MIT Computational Center campus. They had something called CTSS, Compatible Time Sharing System, and it allowed users to dial into the mainframe from remote terminals and send messages and share files. Then in 1971, instant messaging was introduced as a chat function on US government networks, and its purpose was to exchange information that would help the government during emergencies. 1996, this is where the kind of first version of IM as we know it came about. I am going to refer to instant messaging as IM during this segment. I hope that's okay with you all. Uh, An Israeli company called Mirabilis created ICQ, the letters, which is meant to sound like I seek you. Bit creepy. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and that, yeah, first example of instant messaging as, as we kind of would remember from the 90s. They were very successful. They were bought by AOL in 1998 and they were the first people who pioneered the online status, which is oh, an important yeah. thing that we will come back to. 1999, MSN Messenger, <gasps> later to be called Windows Live Messenger. I think this is the thing that most people I've spoken to about instant messaging. That's the first memory that people have of one that they may have used. Then 2005, BlackBerry Messenger was the first widely used instant messaging thing on mobile. I remember that. That was huge. That's why I got one, because I wanted BBM. Did you have a BlackBerry? I didn't have one. I didn't have one. And then I got one. I was quite late. You did have one. Yeah, I didn't have one for ages, and everyone was like, BBM, BBM. Yeah, same. (laughs) But then by the time I actually got one, everyone had moved over to the fucking iPhone. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just liked it for the tiny keyboard. Yeah, the keyboard was cool. And you could have different flashing lights depending on who had sent you a BBM. Yeah. I didn't have any of that because I never had one. And I didn't even get one later. 2006, instant messaging became linked to social media platforms for the first time with MySpace. Mm. Then 2008, Facebook chat was born. 2011, Facebook Messenger. You missed out Bebo. I'm sorry. There are lots of things I've missed out along the way. I wanted to fire you through that because there's a lot to get through. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Are you with me? I'm with you. Say you're with me. I'm with with you. you. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, I've name-checked a few. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a cold. I'm drinking a Lemsip. There's a lot going on. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, what I'm really interested in is how significantly instant messaging has changed the way that we communicate with each other. And I read this very interesting piece by um, someone called Adrian Zumbrunen, who I believe works in something techie. (laughs) 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 Um, Thank you, Adrian. Your piece was fascinating and I'm going to draw from it a lot right now. So he is basically saying that a few very small changes to the design and privacy settings of instant messaging platforms have fundamentally rewritten the rules of how we communicate with people and how we feel about talking to each other. First of all, the online status, which I mentioned earlier. So it was pioneered by ICQ. (laughs) (laughs) And then people cottoned on to how popular that was. Basically, when instant messaging first became big on the internet, 
there was a feeling that chat rooms were a bit lonely to begin with because you didn't really know if anyone was there. Oh my God, yeah, chat rooms. The introduction of the online status meant someone would ping up as soon as they came online. Right. And MSN Messenger, when it was first brought out, their press release even emphasised this online status as being one of the most important things about it. And it meant that people felt less lonely and suddenly they could they could chat to whoever they saw there. And that was a good thing. And you guys probably remember, I, I certainly do, like you would talk to people purely on the basis they were online and, and kind of end up speaking to random people that you weren't really friends with. Yeah, you yeah. That's that? 100%. And I can remember on Facebook, like with friends, like waiting for a certain boy to come online. And like as soon as it went green, everyone was like, ah, he's online! <laughs> And then, like, waiting for it to see if he would start the chat. Like, honestly, I, it's, what a what a roller coaster! Mm. But yeah, the online function was generally quite a big part of my mid teens. You'd, kind of, you'd feel yourself almost blushing if someone you fancied appeared online. Yeah, and you got that little red one in the oh yeah, not on Facebook above their name if they like spoke to you. But I think I was about fourteen, fifteen when I got Facebook, and that so that was more like when all of my secret crushes were raging at school and that like that thing like you just said the little red one would be like <gasps> yeah oh my god like, adrenaline hit yeah big fat dopamine rush or a fizzy poke. knickers do you remember a poke fizzy knickers <laughs> oh, I suddenly <laughs> just slid over that slid over your fizzy knickers <laughs> sorry Oh. Uh, a poke yes yeah. that was like such a kind well, of well um, perfect timing fizzy knickers <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> but what, like a sort of blasé way of flirting? Yeah, well, I was slightly someone. I was never big into the pokes. They took away the poke, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But then people, after a while, got a little bit like, hey, I don't want to be online as soon as I log in. Yeah, yeah. And that, ah, that yes. saw the rise of the appear offline button, which meant you could go on, no one knows you're there. Yeah. But then this led to a whole thing of like paranoia because people started thinking, oh, is my friend ignoring me? Or <sighs> is my boyfriend ignoring me? Or so on and so forth. And that is the kind of thing Adrian Zumbrunen is really talking about, how it ch- starts to change the way that you think about the people you're talking to or not talking to. Yeah. And he says, he calls them like micro privacies, like a minimal amount of information, such as an online or offline status, can have huge repercussions on user engagement, behaviour mm-hmm. and well-being. Second of these is the typing indicator. Ooh. Oof. You all know what I'm talking about. Naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Yes. Because I also can't... All of that stuff, I, I hate. I still can't help that if someone's typing, you're like, ooh, what are they saying? Yeah. And then when, it's, and and then when, then when it, it stops... Ugh. Well, that's the example <laughs> given. So on MSN Messenger, there was a point where the greatest volume of traffic on it like 73% or something crazy was all that dot 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 or the so and so is typing rather than messages Whoa. that was what the most overwhelming amount of traffic on their platform was just in the kind of expectation wow or like typing something and then stopping, stopping yeah and um and as Zumbrunnen points out it adds all this emotional nuance so a simple example is Craig shall we call him mm-hmm. says to Gillian, Gillian, it was wonderful to meet you earlier today. Would you like to go for a drink sometime? Gillian is typing. <gasps> Gillian stops typing. Mm. Gillian starts typing. Gillian stops typing. Ooh. Gillian starts typing ah. and says, Sure! Exclamation mark. Now, Ooh. how do you think? What have I called my man again? Craig. Craig. How do you think that makes Craig feel? <laughs> do you think he's convinced that Gillian wants to go for a drink? I think that Gillian comes off worse in this situation because she was trying too hard just to say sure. And she tried multiple times and it's actually more embarrassing to have all that typing only followed up with a sure exclamation mark. I think Craig probably feels a bit smug, like maybe she's into him. Okay, so either way though, someone's coming out of this a little bit raw, a little bit exposed. Mm. Yeah. Giving away something they possibly didn't want to give away. Yeah. Unless Gillian's playing a very complex game with Craig. 
also true. And so people looked for ways to avoid that kind of interaction and started typing messages in a separate, you know, for example, in notes or in yeah. a different program and then pasting it in. So it looks like you haven't thought too much about whatever you're going to say. It's also good for a big, long, scary one. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll just be typing. They'll see you typing for bloody ages. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's stressful. Yeah. The next one, last scene Ugh. on WhatsApp. Apparently, 40% of divorce cases in Italy include WhatsApp messages from cheating spouses as evidence. And a huge part of that is the last scene function on WhatsApp. Things like, if your spouse was last seen at 4.30am and let's say it's 10am and you don't know where they are, yeah, what are you going to start thinking? Mm. Uh, I think Gillian's out with... Craig. No, no, <laughs> no Craig's her husband now. They got together. I don't know. Maybe she was married before and Craig... She just met Craig that day, he said. But if she was still <laughs> married and she said, sure? I mean, crazy. Yeah. Hello, an affair? Wait, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> She's having the affair with Craig. Yeah. But if she'd met Craig and this is an affair, as we're going we're going with this now. Yeah. Do you think that the way an affair starts is that Craig, knowing or not knowing that Gillian is married, asks her for a drink and she says, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I she, think it's a little was, bit harder to get than that. No, and also, re- sorry, Marie, but... But also then if, if if you are combing through the WhatsApp mes- messages, Shaw's very like, sure, like friendly, could oh, be... I must add there was an exclamation mark next Yeah, but to also Shaw. she did all the writing beforehand that she didn't put. That could have been her maybe trying to explain that she was already married and nice. this is not the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go for the drink. Maybe I'll be cheeky. Maybe it won't lead anywhere. Whatever. I don't need to say it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Clearly, exactly what happened. Craig is the other guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're so right. I don't know how I didn't see it. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Okay. So, so you get the problem with the last scene thing, though. Yeah. Is really look at what look at the problem that's just caused there. Yeah. Or also, you know, is it a coincidence that my best friend and my boyfriend are always online at the same time? Was another <laughs> example given. I think that doesn't quite work with WhatsApp, but with other platforms like that, I think I remember that with Facebook chat, definitely, when we were teens. You'd be Mm. so conscious of who was online at the same time because it wasn't a massive list. No. Yeah. You had that thing in the corner. And you could, you could, you could put people into groups of, you could only appear online for some people and offline for everyone else. Yeah. (gasps) I remember that one. Which is about that. Again, look at all these crazy behaviours it's producing. Yeah, sneaky, yeah. very sneaky. And this is—I'll—I'll I'll do red. I'll mention the next, the final one, which is red receipts. That's the final micro privacy thing that he's yeah. talking about. And the introduction of these, which is bloody crazy, that they felt the need to introduce red receipts because, as Zimbrunen, I must quote him again, points out. Red receipts aren't about informing us whether our message was successfully delivered. They're about offering a glimpse into another person's life. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the practical side of a message being sent. And it's all about accountability and being like, you've read my message so I can huff with you. Huff? Yeah. I I don't actually have such a big ish with red receipts. It doesn't bother me if someone reads my message and doesn't reply. Oh, like I'm I, not bothered by that. It's I don't want someone knowing I've read theirs and expecting a response straight away. I find both fronts really stressful. <laughs> but then all you have to do is be like, I'm so sorry, I read that and forgot to reply. Issue sorted. But there are some messages that aren't of the nature where you could get away with saying that. Like, what if the person says something highly stressful and, or, you know, asking a delicate favour of you? Yes. It's true. not the kind of thing where you forget to reply. Yeah, yeah, you're so right, actually. That The, the delicate favour. <laughs> Yeah, a delicate favour yeah. is everyone's yeah. nightmare. That is yeah. so true. God, it is my worst nightmare. Okay, yeah. Take it all back. So, yeah, red receipts, caca. And I think WhatsApp, when they introduced them, they were just across the board. Everyone had them. And then everyone was like, who the hell do you think you are, WhatsApp? And then they very quickly gave people the option to turn them off. But once again, I must return to Zim Brunnen because he is a fountain of wisdom. And he points out that, you know, it's it's all good and well to give people the option to, to make these sorts of things default settings and give people the option to turn those settings off. But designers know that a lot of people won't be bothered to change those settings. Yeah. And then the act 
of changing a default ironically inadvertently reveals something about the user whether they want that to be revealed or not so it's like if you leave them as they are then you're exposed but if you change it you appear to be hiding something or, or I, be a covert person yeah when i see people with their uh, red receipts because i have mine are still on on whatsapp because i i'm not that fussed about it i don't like it on iMessenger but for some reason it's fine on whatsapp but um when i see someone without red receipts i'm always like oh like you just don't want the responsibility of actually having to socially interact with people like on a like constant basis like how dare you <laughs> and it's like yeah. actually that's completely like logical and fine yeah i agree kind of with all sides but i dislike that we live in a world where and especially when work comes into it yeah that you know work is now on whatsapp i know you use slack jelly yeah and like emails they're all in your phone so when you go to bed you don't really get to use the line of oh I didn't see this because yeah. everyone knows everyone sees everything even if as you say you were flicking through a mag online yeah yeah it just means it means you're constantly available all the time and there's an expectation that you should be that way which is really stressful and not healthy I don't think you but but I do so anxious yeah exactly but then I do I do love it in other ways and like I do get a lot of joy from people making me laugh but I, because I think I have a <laughs> looking at you too I, I personally feel like I have quite a healthy balance of I see it pe- I see people more in the flesh as it were mm. I'm lucky that I get to see my nearest and dearest a lot anyway but and I think it's really helpful for people who have families abroad or like whatever and in the pandemic probably a great thing but it does scare the shits out of me <laughs> yeah I think it is good like I just think sometimes I'm bothered by my instinct if I'm walking about and I see something funny. And I know this is harmless. It's it's not really doing anything wrong, but like the immediate instinct to message someone about it or take a picture of it and send a photograph. Yeah. It's like, why can't I just enjoy that by myself? Totally. And yeah, just but... let life breeze on by. I really appreciate receiving those messages. That's true, yeah. I love sending them. I'm not saying I'm going to stop. I'm just, you know, it does also bother me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we keep doing that. And they are harvesting all of our data. Yes, that's the other thing. Weirdly, but... that bothers me less. Oh, I, I hate that's, that. That's the bit that bothers fear. me the most. I just don't feel like there's anything important enough about me. No, but Gina, your data is the most <laughs> valuable thing about you. As in, like... Hold on a second. What about <laughs> term, my winning pony why, hair for your why data? Why should someone else be taking that and monetizing it when it's you? It's about you. It's your thing. And you, if you want to monetize it and sell it on, that should be up to you, not bloody Mark Zuckerberg. It is up to me. I'm I'm choosing to use the technology. Yeah, but you you're choo- you're, you don't... I mean, we know we know that our data's being harvested, <laughs> but we don't know, you know? Well, I <laughs> know. know. I know, you know we don't know. know, but also we do know. But, like, everyone's in the same boat, so I'm kind of like, mm, whatever. Yeah, mm, I don't sure. agree. But with I don't it. like if I text you guys being like, "I need a new pair of sunglasses," and then I get served an ad set with like, "Look at these lovely sunglasses." I'm like, "Fuck off!" Ultimately, you don't have to buy those sunglasses. That's kind of no, how but I, I feel. want sunglasses. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you're not like, "Oh, look at those sunglasses." <laughs> yeah, but it's just so freaky. Yeah, it's freaky, but it's working in your favor. Yeah. Okay, fine. I feel like it's also one of those things that was freaky when we didn't understand that it was actually happening. We were like, the weirdest thing just happened. I was talking about cat food and then cats popped up on my screen. (laughs) How weird is that? And now we all know that there's a reason that's happening. Yeah, Yeah. true. Anyway, I think I've waffled on quite enough. So um, Mm, that was great. Thanks for that, Gina. This is a customer announcement. In the event of a correction or addition to our hazy demi-facts, Please do slide into our DMs and we will address those in a bonus episode at the end of the series. I am going to be talking about, for my eye, immortality, mm. which was actually your idea, Gina. No, so. it wasn't. No, it was mine. Oh, I'm so sorry, Marie. Are you annoyed? Did you want to do it? Are you no. thinking now? <laughs> no, no, no. Seething. Okay. Look at her. Um, it's a big old topic, but I'm going to try and distill it down into just a few fun points but as you know immortality means the ability slash quality to live forever eternal life and it's people are obsessed with it absolutely obsessed it's since the dawn of time we've been basically trying to find out ways of not dying which 
I guess makes sense, but also... It's a bit silly, though. It's a bit reckless. But anyway, so you've got your immortality in fiction, which I'm not actually going to spend much, if any, time on. But I am going to ask you who your favourite fictional characters are who have the quality of immortality. That's quite specific. <laughs> going to give us a heads up there, Joe. Yeah, but come on. Immortal is massive. It's a massive field. You you love stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the only person I can think of right now is Voldemort, and he didn't even, He's not even succeed immortal. in the end. That's, well, that's a really half-baked is. immortality right there. Yeah, but it's the only one I can think of. What about Gladriel? Is she immortal? Or any of those, the elves are pretty immortal, right? Yeah, that was what that was what came up when I was Googling it. I'll go for those one of those guys. Oh, I've got a good fictional one. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, need I? That's the end of my section. That's just finished, finished <laughs> me off. All right, so... Uh... <laughs> So, what kinds of immortality are there in terms of not in fiction, basically? Obviously, mm-hmm. you've got your vampires, you've got your werewolves, you've got your elves. No, I don't want to talk about them. So, we have scientific slash biological immortality, which is stuff like cryonics, is that what it's called? Oh, cryogenics. Well, well, it's this speci- this this specific field of it is cryonics. You, yeah, I feel yeah like, but it is cryogenic yeah. freezing as yeah. well. Shortly after, like almost immediately after one dies, yeah, freezing cells with the belief that you will then eventually be able to be rejuvenated back to your physical body. Like so scary. Mm. I don't think it's been done. Did you read about? Sorry, if you're going to say this. No, please, please. Did you read about the court case a couple of years ago? This is one I heard about cryogenic freezing and there was a a very sick girl who was about 12 or 13 and her parents were battling over whether she should be cryogenically frozen the father really wanted her to be I can't remember if it was the father or the mother and whoever didn't want it was saying look I don't want my daughter if this does work to be brought into a world who knows how long from now where she doesn't know anyone Yeah, and like where anything could be going on and just kind of interesting mm. tussle. Yeah. Would you want to be frozen? No. no. If you knew, but if you, okay, sure. so say if someone was like, you found out you're, you're already ill or something and you could be frozen for 20 years and then rejuvenated. No. No. Okay. You? I wouldn't mind being frozen and smashed into a thousand small pieces. <laughs> <laughs> now that can be arranged. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't, I don't think. I did, we'd once have a Veruca frozen off and that was about as far into the freezing process as I'd like to get. Yeah, I've done that too. It's yeah, very painful. That Veruca's going to come back in 100 years. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just be one walking Veruca. Yeah. So you have that and then you have religious immortality, which is a belief in, in the afterlife, basically, or gods who are then... Who? <laughs> Gina's already <laughs> <Sorry>. touched on. <laughs> um, and I guess reincarnation, which... Always, I always think is amazing. What an amazing thing to believe in. Mm. Would Would you like to be reincarnated? <laughs> yeah, sure. Would you? Yeah. Well, what? as an animal. Well, I I mean, you can choose. Top, top, top choice and worst choice. Mm. I wouldn't like to be like a slug because mm. it's so slow, and, and you have to hang out with other slugs, and they'll be the same size as you. Yeah, People and and sprinkle you... salt on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And are you you, but in slug? Is it your brain? Absolutely, yeah. But in a slug's body. <laughs> That's why you find them all so slow. Two little blue eyes popping out of a slug. <laughs> Hello, jelly. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'd carry you around in my pocket. Yeah, but I'd burn on your skin. Oh, yeah, you would, yeah. Um, Stop touching me! <laughs> I quite like the lives that cats have if they're looked after. Maybe a well-looked-after cat would yeah. be quite nice. Because mm. you can let yourself out to yeah. poo and wee. Yeah, quite good. And you have a mm. secret life. Yeah. And then you have a cosy life. You can, yeah. you can go eat dinner from multiple places as well. Mm. Mm. Restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't like the idea of being reincarnated as anything. Mm. Do I have to pick? No, you don't. If you If you say no, then... I say no. I put my foot down. Also, how mad is this? When I was talking to someone about this today, they were like, isn't it weird that you've been dead for as long as you will be dead what what because you're alive dead in terms of before you're born oh like infinite infinite time time. but in the movie is dead just like a thing that you are the minute you die and then you're non-existent 
How long are you dead until you just don't exist? Well, this depends is, how famous you are. Yeah, that would. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, let's talk about that now because that that that's such an interesting one, right? That's so. This guy Ernest Becker wrote a book called The Denial of Death, and he taught in it. He talks about immortality projects in which we create or become part of something that we feel will outlast our time on Earth, and in doing so, we become he says heroic which I like mm, I like that too um, and part of something eternal that will never die compared to the physical body that will eventually die and yeah. is that a form of immortality which is the one that I think I like the most mm. well and, it seems attainable but I think what's nice is that you also then I guess you live, live on in people's memories don't you <coughs> so do you actually die <laughs> that, that was a firm yes, yes. from me <laughs> do you actually die when the last person who's alive can't remember D- who could remember you at dies but then mm. yeah if you're really famous like you know Adele the Emperor Nero I'm going <laughs> oh, a bit okay. back <laughs> <laughs> well same same well just something someone who is dead just as an example yeah that's better <laughs> <laughs> uh, once everyone that knew you has died then and I'm Emperor Nero by most accounts is a pretty bad egg but like your m- the memory of you mm. can then be corrupted so like how long does the account of your life work as something that's yeah the true accurate? Account. I guess it depends how strong your legacy is in the first place, how potent. But if you, you think about the is. news on a day-to-day basis and how like the smallest mistakes in reporting can create the biggest hubbub whirlwind <laughs> around a person, like someone that's wrongly accused of murder. Yeah, that guy a few years ago who was wrongly accused of murdering someone and because he had crazy hair everyone was like oh my god but it turned out it wasn't him at all then like your face is imprinted in people's mind as yeah. this crazy person yeah Gina were you finished have I, have I just... oh yeah yeah I finished yeah. Are you were quite you finished, finished? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry um, physical immortality and this is the really big one and this is the one that I think Will is the most likely to Will is it's <laughs> no, no. the most like producer will is uh, to gonna... en- enlist the help of um, no, I will think, no I'm saying I think this one is the one that will catch on as it were <laughs> um, is basically uploading your consciousness Ooh. to some kind of physical object e.g. a computer and there's this guy oh. a Russian every time when I was reading about this 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 guy that kept rearing his ugly little head was a... I mean, he might have been very handsome, I don't know. Was this Russian billionaire called Dmitry... Sorry? <laughs> That's a good name. It's very confusing, though. <laughs> God, my eyesight is so bad. Mine is 0.25, my ass. Um, oh, dear. Dmitry Itskov. Um, I even practised saying his name. And he founded an, an initiative in 2011, when I think he was, like, 35, being like, isn't this crazy that... I could plausibly not see past 2050 in his lifetime. He could die. So he was like, he founded an, an initiative called the 2045 Initiative and said that within the next 30 years, I, this is a direct quote, or maybe it's not, maybe it's misprinted and his memory's going to live on wrongly, but I'm going to make sure that we can all live forever. I'm 100% confident it will happen. Otherwise, I wouldn't have started it. Anyone that's 100% confident of anything yeah. is a, liar. a crazy person. Agreed. And so it's him and like the most leading scientists in Russia in the field of neural interfaces, robotics, artificial organs and systems. And he basically thinks that they can develop a, like a hologram avatar, which houses an in- individual's entire personality in an artificial brain within, within three ask, decades. Why? Right. Yeah. This is the thing with it. I'm like, guys, just leave it alone. Yeah, just stop. We're meant to die. And also there's only finite resources on the on the earth, right, which we're already absolutely romping through I just don't it's hard to say because I haven't been faced with the prospects of dying so maybe when you actually come up to that point you're like you know what I don't want to die and if I think about death too much it makes me absolutely spin out like I can't think about it yeah, but, but I don't want to be like stuck in a melon or something no and I, don't, I also don't I don't want to be physically <laughs> sounds still quite here. nice actually why are you getting stuck in a melon I don't know you said to put into uploading our consciousness a, no object. A, a computer like so 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 like a system or a computer <laughs> well, I thought it could be anything <laughs> juicy fruit like, you know what these Gen Z kids are doing nowadays <laughs> Well, I don't want to be put in a computer either. I don't want to be a floppy disk. No. And also, 
what like what if someone just comes along and erases you Baxton <gasps> films over you yeah with you yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and does there have to be a physical person to maintain the whatever the inanimate object is that you're digitally stored in mm, you become a slave right or a captor at least yeah captive. I just think it's crazy captive, yeah. captive indeed yeah Oof. I don't like that I don't like it at all no and I'm I mean I'm going in on it on a very shallow surface level so I'm sure there are loads of like maybe you know there's good things about it as well I'm, but I mean, I it don't. just gives me the willies if you don't mind me saying so. What are you going to achieve once you're on the floppy disk? But yeah, I do. I, do, I mean, I think it will. I think we are nudging ever closer to it because people just really want to figure it out. Hopefully, I, we'll be dead by then. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Eh? Maybe, but then FOMO. What if everyone else is still around and you're just the only one that's dead? <laughs> Maybe death's a hoot. We don't know. God. Yeah, I want to find out. Yeah, I hope it's just nothing. Don't yeah. you want to see me again? I would love to, but I feel like if I get to see you, I'll also have to see people I don't want to see. Like, I just have that hunch. <laughs> I think after death, you can be a little bit more selective. You know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Also, I can't believe you would trade in, like, ever seeing your Eternity closest with friends. <laughs> no, not just me. Your closest friends and loved ones, you'd trade that in just in case you had to bump into someone you didn't really like. Bump in? I mean, like live in a pen with no I don't think we get put in pens who's saying well, that this is all speculation well completely we could though a cool fact that my mum actually told me ages ago and then I looked up it was about you guys might have heard about this but a study that was done on mice eek, about using giving old mice an, a, an infusion of young mice's mouse's mouse blood. <laughs> young mouse blood and it made it was like amazing and I've got it here actually. Pioneering studies showed the introduction of blood from young mice into aged mice reversed age associated cognitive impairments and increased synaptic connectivity in the brain, suggesting that young blood contains specific factors that remediate remediate age associated decreases in brain function. But you know they do that in people. Yeah. So like this rock is what stars I was and say. Shit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Isn't Mick Jagger that, gets yeah, Mick that. Jagger. Done. Doesn't he go to yeah, Switzerland? It's called like a vampire transfusion or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this was news to me and people. I <laughs> didn't know so that that was a thing. But what in the world? Yeah, that also gives me the heebie-jeebies. That I would be more up for trying. <laughs> <laughs> See a glint in your eye. Because that, I feel like, isn't cheating death in the same way. It's just stopping all the shit going wrong with your brain. But your body, you're still ageing. But yeah, would any, anyone have a naughty little young blood? No. No. Mm-mm. No, me neither. Um, <laughs> some things do already have biological Im- immortality, which you might be familiar with this one, because when I read about it, um, I recognised it. But no, yeah, no. there are, there are the lobster. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not technically immortal, but they can live for fucking ages, okay. like four hundred years or something. There's loads oh, of very cool. loads of not loads, but there's like a good handful of things that exist for ages and ages, but cancer cells yeah are biologically immortal or some cancer cells are that that basically the reason that we age is because our cells have these things called telomeres on the ends of them which are like little hats that cap the end of the dna bit and every time a cell divides the telomere (laughs) both of you are looking at me so (laughs) a mix of blank and excited the telomere becomes a bit shorter and then when it's finally worn down it splits and dies and that's the aging process basically on a cellular level but then there's this enzyme called telomerase which rebuilds the telomeres in specifically stem cells and cancer cells allowing them to replicate an infinite number of times so they never die and the first and most widely like documented immortal cell is a cell called the HeLa, developed from cells taken from a malignant cervical tumour of Henrietta Lacks without her consent in 1951 <sighs> that's quite cool I think not that bit but the and also why does it have to be bad cells that can well stem cells are all right stem cells are good yeah yeah but so that's a that's an example of biological like cellular immortality and there's a jellyfish that is literally immortal wow <laughs> I can't pronounce its latin name but It's a specific type of jellyfish that, after becoming a sexually mature adult, can transform itself back into a a polyp. 
<laughs> using the cell conversion process of trans differentiation. And it can repeat this cycle as many times as it wants, meaning that it has literally an indefinite lifespan. So unless it gets physically damaged, I guess, or like fished out and killed, if it's just left to its own devices, it can just go on forever and ever wow. and ever. Yeah, so Spooky. cool. So we might be borrowing from them. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. You better watch out, Jelly. Members of another immortal species, the tiny invertebrate Bedelioid rotifers, are all female and reproduce by spawning identical clone daughters. Oh my god, that's my dream. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Marik, hit us with your facts. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Get that sampled. Um, Right. I'm doing insults. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Which I think we all know what an insult is, right? I don't need to go into the depths of that. There's certainly a, a few different styles, if you will. Banter, because apparently there's this whole... If you give insults back and forth or, like, do a good comeback, it's deemed slightly different. A personal attack, backhanded compliments, which are juicy and horrible. Yeah. Mm. In fact, Gina did one to me just before we started this. I can't remember what you said, but you're like, oh, but you already knew that. You know oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's quite... Mm quite nasty um, <laughs> I'm sorry it's okay and then like there's sort of behaviour whereby it's you know it could be kind of like yawning when someone's talking or looking at a watch or kind of not looking people in the eye yeah yeah um, that kind of stuff but um, I want you both to guess what the oldest known insult to the human race is ooh Eve being a sorceress and handing Adam an apple no you're big on your biblicals today. Yeah, you are. Ms. Miller. <laughs> Jelly. Is it something like like female anatomy? No. Okay, that's good at least. Sexist. <laughs> you know me. Um, I don't think you're going to get it. Okay. Um, it's flipping the bird. Oh. Yeah. So that, well, there's documentation of it that goes all the way back to Romans and ancient Greece. And so the reason that people started to put out their middle finger is because it looks like a penis that was the thinking because you get the, the like balls of the, the two fingers next to it so it's pretty basic yeah frankly and then actually by the 10th century it was listed in the Suda which is this large encyclopedia um, of the ancient Mediterranean world and it was listed in there as meaning to touch the anus with a finger so it sort of moved on a new level taken on a new life in that sense and then there was a photo of it in 1886 where there was a baseball match in New York and they had like a joint team photo and one of the guys is just swearing at the other one. <laughs> so that's basically the sort of um, lifespan of flipping the bird. But yeah, it's interesting, that one. Like, I mean, how do we see it now? I never thought of it as a penis on my hand. No, God, me neither. <laughs> until <laughs> until I read that. And um but, you know, I was using that as a kid because I'd seen it. It meant something naughty or whatever, but I don't know. Do you use it much as an adult, either of you? I have done. Yeah. Sort of road rage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. quite a good one. But I've never really used it, but then I had one quite recently where, which I felt was a bit skinned, but I liked it at the time, where these two guys, I was walking down back home after having like gone to the shops and these two guys were just being like really obscenely like sexist and gross and whatever to me. And then I'd interact with them and be like you can't like what's wrong with you you can't talk to people like that blah 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 and then I can't remember exactly what they but they shouted something after me as I was ahead of them and then I just went like like put my hand up with my middle finger at them backwards backwards yeah and then they were like like jeering at me but I felt a mix of like very cool but also very lame (laughs) (laughs) that's my it was such a weird experience I'd I'd never put my middle finger up at anyone really ever and Mm. then I was just like I feel like that's quite a sort of protagonist in a kind of 80s coming of age film. Right, at the moment. That, that's exactly what. And I think maybe it actually does happen in skins and somewhere in my subconscious, <gasps> I was like imitating a scene from something. It, it, I, it absolutely does. I know the scene. Oh my God, it's, it's yes, Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. How funny. That, how embarrassing. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God, back onto the topic. Um, <laughs> There's, so there's obviously there's the whole like not just middle finger up but there's the, the two-fingered kind of backwards V sign as well mm. which everyone always says is to do with the um, longbowmen for the English army in the Battle of Agincourt which was in 
14 14 yeah all, all those numbers combined <laughs> um yeah 14 15 actually so yeah jelly, like i close. said like i said and yeah the idea is that the french said they were going to chop off the fingers of the the archers and all this stuff and that's why they would swear at them with their fingers because they were showing them you know we've still got two fingers haha kind of thing and apparently it's actually just not really true there's no evidence to back that up the oh, french no. were going to take three fingers anyway because you pull a longbow with three fingers mm. so that it's a, which, but it's a shame that is a real shame yeah popping I, that honestly, bubble. I always thought one finger up was just like haha finger up your bum and two was like <laughs> even more fingers up your bum well to be fair <laughs> to touch the anus with a finger i mean they, they didn't mean that at one time but yeah, just back onto to gestures and things, there's quite a lot from around the world. There's the old chin flick that I think Joey does in Friends, where you... Vaffanapoli. Vaffanapoli, and you take your fingers and brush them onto the bottom of your chin, which means get lost, which I actually think is such a good insult anyway, just get lost. It's yeah. like a fantastically horrible thing to say to someone. Um, and then this one's very interesting. Crossing your fingers in Vietnam... It represents a woman's genitalia and is extremely insulting if it's aimed at another person. Ooh. I thought that was very, very interesting though because I would never think of that. And then actually I was looking at it. it is like a Doesn't little... yours look like that? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> the come, like a come here, come hither gesture in the Philippines as well is you can be put in prison because it's so rude because apparently it's like <gasps> how they summon dogs. So if you do that uh, to a person, it's like really nasty. Wow. So good to know before you go somewhere. Mm, absolutely. Um, because you could really get your neck is in a twist if you did that and maybe end up in jail yeah. I want to know what your guys' least favourite insult is the one like you really just can't stand people, hearing yeah. people say oh bitch yeah. I don't love bitch yeah. I, don't lo- I don't love bitch also not it's, it's a silly one but I, I don't like cow right mm. so this is very interesting so I was thinking about all the ones I don't like, which is, again, it's bitch and cow. I mean, I, cow is really funny if you say it to wind someone <laughs> yeah, up, but, yeah. like, it's a fucking annoying yeah. insult if someone calls you a cow. My mum used to love calling me a cow when I was 18. Um, and, like, slag or slut yeah. or any, or like, whore, like, all these, like, very, very much gendered words, gendered insults, I find, like, very abrasive because when you look at the kind of wider spread insults that go around when you call a man like a pussy he's going to take offence to that Mm. or like a wimp or a sissy they're all kind of always coming back to like femininity in some way or like stereotypes to do with more feminine men and then another way of also then insulting a woman is to call her bossy or headstrong it's like we just can't fucking win like they're all slightly and that's why I think bitch just like if a man called me a bitch yeah it riles me Mm. a lot yeah me too and I and I maybe 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 it only feels this way because we're not men so it's not as personal to us but all the male based insults feel more playful in some way like Mm. although I suppose you feel like oh he's such a prick or like that can be quite like an aggressive term but and so so yeah maybe it's that thing of what you're saying about about it feeling more personal to you because of the own your own context that you're bringing to that word yeah 100 percent, and, and like, all the societal context around that i think yeah well. yeah and it's relative to what the expectation of the person you're delivering it to is like i feel one that's used for women is like you're so cold Oof. as if that's something unnatural yeah like it like if a man is cold you don't remark on it but yeah. if a woman is cold, it's like there's something wrong with you. You're you're malfunctioning mm. as a woman. <laughs> yeah. I was also thinking about least favourite things, like insults maybe that aren't quite as direct in terms of like words. And I, like one of my... Well, something I think is quite insulting is I, like I hate it when people are really late. I find that really insulting to me and my time. I try very hard to always be on time. I'm actually like a bit of a loser on that front. And usually I'm about 10 to 20 minutes early for most things. Half an hour for a train. But it's, yeah, it's a fun, that's like a kind of, like those kind of insults. But you two were talking about when you do job interviews and they don't get back to you, you haven't got it. Oh, I think it's just so rude. Really? Yeah. And I've, I've had it in the past where I've got to an interview stage. I actually had a job interview like a few years ago where I went in and I, I had the interview with them and they kind of like almost told me, maybe I was maybe I was inferring wrong but it told me that I'd got the job they were like we've got one other person to see but we really like you you're awesome like your application was really great blah blah blah, blah. and uh, 
I was working with my brother at the time, and that was I'd taken the morning off work to go and do it, and then they just never <laughs> got back to me after like mm. practically telling me that I got the job. It was so weird. I think I understand if it's just an application and you don't hear anything back, which I still think just a little email being like, "Thanks yeah. for your time, you haven't got it." But if you get to an interview stage of a job. I really think they should let you know if you haven't got it. Well, they've responded to that amount of people already now anyway. So why can't they just do that again to say yay or nay? I just think it's so incredibly rude. Now I'm thinking about it. There have been so many where I've (laughs) actually met the people and not got it. And and it makes... Like I had uh, one as well where I had a call with the person and then like they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll let you know, blah, blah, blah in like the next couple of days and then just didn't hear anything back and then I was like what did I say like did I say something really weird on the call maybe Mm. like it makes you kind of spin out a bit and it's so easy to solve that by just being like thanks but no yeah don't get me started I mean I'm already started and finished (laughs) (laughs) and seen (laughs) four hours um, later (laughs) yeah what about um, on the flip side of that what's your what are your favourite insults I think pitiful because it's so cruel. it feels like minimal input for maximum pain like yeah. to, to call something pitiful is like you've already disengaged from it it's yeah. like you are beneath my insults yeah mm. and also because it doesn't sound that offensive but maybe it resonates yeah later that's, that's horrible it's yeah. like almost worse than disappointing I think Ooh, oh yeah that's, that's bad. So bad but that's not really an insult so much well, is it? it depends who says it and how true what anything can basically be an insult depending on yeah. how you say it is what I've learned today yeah what about you John? I quite like heinous <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just so dramatic. Yeah. I feel like you quite often describe things as being heinous. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. So. And it really sounds like me. It's just it's su- it's such a good, or like grotesque. Mm. I quite like like very like descriptively horrible words. But those are both a lot more heavy than the one I picked. What, what did you, you pick? pick? Pratt. Oh, Pratt. Because <laughs> it means oh, but, it means butt. It means butter. Oh, yeah. So you can say like, tap my Pratt. Oh. Smack me on my Pratt. And you can also... <laughs> You've got a twat and a prat. That is good. Yeah, that but is but good. you would you use prat like to really give a blow? No, but that's so I wouldn't say I was asking what the most effective insults were. I was uh, just saying one's favourites. And in a way the ones that maybe take a little less you can just call someone a prat and it's quite jovial, mm. but you are slightly, you know, not being Ooh. such a prat. Yeah. yeah, I like git. Git's, Git's great. Good, yeah. yeah. Twerp. Imbecile. Quite, imbecile. Imbecile's great. <laughs> Buffoon. Idiotic. Okay, you're both looking at me and saying these. <laughs> well, you asked. <laughs> being told, being this, I, we, I feel like maybe we've discussed this before, but an absolute cut you down, slap me on the ass. What? Slap me on the prat. <laughs> slap me on the prat is being told, which particularly happened as a child, but to stop showing off. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Oh, that cuts that to was the core. So bad. It's this no day. coming back. You can from still it. get told that now. Yeah. And I often do. Yeah, I'm sure I've been told that <laughs> yeah. recently and it, it hurts. It's horrible. It hurts. It's, it's so effective. Yeah. If you want to absolutely just take someone down. The other one that people, it's not really an insult, but has the same like instant physical effect is when people say, calm down. Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I hate like, it. Stop being so angry. Or grumpy. Yeah. Don't be grumpy. Chill out. But actually thinking about it, do you, what's like, is there maybe anything a little bit later on in life that has really cut you to your core oh yeah someone once told me that they hoped that I choked on my own ego (laughs) (laughs) that is fantastic yeah what a genius who came up with that (laughs) that's a big one that's a big one and it was said in complete like a moment it wasn't a joke it was like a a real moment of rage wow yeah Yeah, props that's hardcore yeah so hardcore whoa I was insulted but also aware that it was an amazing insult and that I probably was being a little arsehole so it's just good on so many levels mm. there's one that actually did, did occur to me it's not major at all but it was just a friend of mine and he will not remember this because we were like 18 and it was so passing and he said it in such a distracted way I think a group of people were watching a film and then I was talking to someone else in the room and he to both of us was like can you shut up and then I think about me I mean, he wasn't whispering it, but like, he said it out loud. He was like, you're so fucking shrill. Oh. And I was like, because the way he delivered it was in in such a kind of offhanded way. Like, he didn't really think about it. And I was like, oh, that's really true then. Oh, God. That's horrible. Yeah, that is horrible. That, you're both of yours are very uh, 
quite deep. But what's your Do you one? Have one? I was walking down the street, minding my own business, and a man came jogging fairly slowly past me and told me that I should do some sit-ups. <gasps> You're fucking kidding me. No. What? Was this recently? No, you'd have bloody heard about it if it was. It was before before we met, but um, oh. I must have been... I just moved to London. I think I was about 22. Yeah, why do men always feel like they can just comment on our How bodies? How old was he? Mm, 41. <laughs> I don't know. I think Not he was a kind of fitness time. guy. Did he say it like, hey, you should do some sit-ups, well done? No, 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 no. It was like, I'm going to give you some advice as I run past you, probably so I can't punch him in the face. I'm going to give you advice that you haven't asked for because clearly everyone wants to be as obsessed with fitness as I am and like have some kind of weird little body that's... <laughs> <laughs> weird little body. Well, I don't know what it was in his head. I was very confused. And I remember I was wearing some bright green elasticated at the waist trousers and maybe I had a small gun. I don't care. Yeah, I, hope I was in so prison. shocked. <laughs> I, yes, we, we went to trial. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, God. Also, I actually have to share this one. My housemate, who is another twenty-nine-year-old woman, was started a new job like six months ago, and was in. And someone asked her how the menopause was going. <gasps> but no, like that. Actually, I don't know. If that was an insult. I think it was an unknowing sort of slip. Which what? is just hilarious because I mean, no. But what, no way what, what did they think she was the age of the menopause, I think or she did they, they not understand that the menopause is? I don't know. It, basically, she came back and did find it really funny. Um, <gasps> I think it was more that they thought that maybe she was a little bit more mature. <laughs> I once went to a play. That's relevant information. But and uh, <laughs> oh, you did, did you? <laughs> yeah, culture. Guys, I don't you know if you ever heard giant of ego choking in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was with a friend of my parents who had been at university with my mum and I can't remember the exact wording of the conversation but he he asked me basically you know them from university or something right bearing in mind these are two like at the time 58 year old women and I was like <laughs> no no I'm Susanna's daughter and he was so embarrassed he was like I'm so sorry I just got like a bit confused maybe he just like had a slight memory problem on the spot <laughs> no he definitely thought that I was at that I was old enough to have been at university. You thought you were them. 56. I mean, there's literally no other explanation. I guess, it was it quite dimly lit? It was, if you were in the... Oh, it was before the lights had gone down. Oh, <laughs> trying to get, throw your phone there. <laughs> throw oh, your phone. no. So, obviously, like, we've heard a lot of insults, generally, and if you are a bit tired of the ones you've been using, um, I've got quite an inventive uh, list from around the world and also going to start off with just some old English ones. Oh, great. To add to our vocabularies. Mm. So we got a driggle draggle, which is a dirty woman. <laughs> the way you looked at Gina when you said <laughs> that. It's quite <laughs> apt. It's driggle draggle. I feel like a driggle draggle. There you go. I feel like a driggle draggle. I'm definitely a driggle draggle. There you go. What about a fop doodle? <laughs> What's that? An idiot. Yeah, sounds like one. Yeah, it does. They're, they're quite um, onomatopoeic mm. in a way. Um, a wiffle waffle which is an indecisive uh, sort of flip-flopper of a person. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, wiffle waffle. Yeah. I'm a wiffle waffle. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm not going I'm not going to argue <laughs> with you there. Um a crispy. <laughs> crispy? No. Q U I S P Y S B Y Quizby. A smart ass. Is it a smart ass? No. Okay. That would have been me. Um no, it's a lazy person. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's also a fusty lugs. Oh, hello. Smelly legs. Frigid. No. <laughs> Bet you that's frigid. Guys, stop it. Okay, I'm right here. Um, a large, clumsy, gross person. Oh, fusty lugs. Like a bit harsh, isn't it's it? A yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and then these ones are from around the world. Um, some insults that get used. They're a bit kind of longer and a bit more interesting. Um, in Russia, they call people Arstandrov. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that's really lovely really very visual yeah it really is because your ass has to be in quite a state flaky to produce dandruff mm. but maybe it just means little bit so poo oh, oh <laughs> well i wonder there's a lot of poo in this bit actually sorry everyone like, we've always like got to end on a brown sick. note <laughs> um yes no not like that's too that's not it's too liquidy um in turkey they say May the bow of a violin enter your anus. I wonder how Why it sounds. Why is everyone obsessed with anuses? I know, I know, I know. 
here's another Jenny, one. you're a little bit defensive <laughs> about these anus things. I'm just wondering what you're guarding. What's wrong with a bow entering your anus? <laughs> <laughs> um, in Iran, they say, um, instead of fuck off, well, I'm sure they say fuck off as well, but they say, try to paint my fart. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. That's very good. Yeah. Um, another one is in Romania. I can blow farts in your spoon when the soup is too hot for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. I feel like that's an endearing thing to say. I know, it's quite like, caring. I do that for you. It's a lot of effort to go to just to make someone's soup colder. It's possibly risky. Or does it heat it up, though? Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one that we can end on is in Italy, they say, take a dump in your hand and slap yourself. That's yeah. good. That's yeah, good. which I think is great. Yeah. Thank you for listening to A is 4 with Gina, Jelly and Marika. Join us next week where we'll be journeying into jet lag, juggling jury duty and getting jiggy with Jaws. And you can follow us on Instagram at A is 4 Podcast. A is 4, A is 4.